Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. Hopefully, you are listening to us on your drive to work, as there is one more sleep uh, before the Vols decide to go nine and one. Pandemonium I hope. Reigns. Right. You and I have talked a little bit outside of the show here, and you are feeling a little better about this than I am. This is probably the negaval inside of me, but feeling pretty good about being nine and one at the end of Saturday. Feeling really good about it, and Vegas tells me a lot. Predicting Tennessee, uh, almost three touchdown favorite, that tells me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at Missouri's schedule, their resume the games that they've just given up that should be wins. Um, Yeah. Salvaging some of that is kind of impressive, especially with uh, South Carolina having a little momentum at the time that they beat them played a, again, kind of one of those games that they probably should have won against Kentucky after that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Vegas has got me confident. Um, All of the stuff that I take in regularly has me confident, telling me that the balls are going to be ready to, to play their way playing like they're going to need to play their way into the playoffs so that's encouraging and that's what they need to do and yeah i'm feeling pretty good about it despite missouri's improved defense yeah so just piggybacking off that if if we do it we should beat missouri at home beat south carolina in columbia beat vanderbilt in in neyland west then we should be in there should be no reason why Tennessee is not in in the playoffs if we can win out, go here, uh, and go 3-0. and Now, I think if we have an ugly win, that might be something that that does it and keeps us off, assuming, uh, assuming that a team like TCU and Oregon, those guys win out. Needless to say, I'm going to put us right now at about a 90% chance of still being in, in the playoffs, but <clears> – <throat> So Missouri fans, uh, back on topic of, 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 of Missouri, fans are very familiar with Josh Heupel as he was the offense coordinator there at 2016, 2017, I think for two mm-hmm. years. I think that's um, right. Uh, something that I have forgotten to mention to you, this has just crossed my mind actually today, is um, I've, I, I was there in 2016, Tennessee, Mizzou, uh, when Josh Dobbs had uh, an all-world day. Um, <clears throat> something that I haven't thought about since Heupel has been hired and been in Knoxville. I actually saw him uh, in, 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 in Knoxville 2016, which is funny because you and I also got a first glimpse of Butch Jones in 2011, 12? Yes, 2011, when, yeah. Uh, when, when Tennessee hosted Cincinnati. So – uh, neat there. Now, <clears throat> more specifically talking about this uh, Missouri game, they're sitting at four and five, and we're going to look at this first through Missouri offense. They have um, a quarterback who is sitting at just under 1,800 yards, six touchdowns, seven picks. Uh, they've got a back who is just a hair over 500 yards, and they've got a receiver, 45 catches, 659 yards, two scores. Here's what the stats tell me. Tell me if you agree uh, okay. or not. I think they have talent on the edge. I think they have some talented receivers. Luther, 
Burden being one of those dudes, five-star guy. Seems to me that the offensive line just can't hold up long enough to to, to for the quarterback to buy time to get the ball out. And if he does have time, it seems like the accurate throws are not there. What say you? Yeah, I agree with that. They um man, it's it's funny because Luther Burden is very talented. Um, their other receiver that I goodness gracious cannot place the name of, partly because the love ESPN it. app love it, yes. ESPN app is just going haywire right now. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll adapt. But uh, part of the narrative around Burden is, will he get poached in the transfer portal? And there's already been drama um, with him and Missouri this year, you know, deleting some stuff and all that good jazz that happens from time to time, um, which you got to love. But, yeah, I mean, they've got some talent on the edge if they – have the blocking and the accuracy from Brady Cook to get the ball to him. Um, I, I would say they're probably – no, no, not probably. They're for sure, to me, more talented running the ball because Brady can also do that to an extent himself, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Cook. But, yeah, that's that's my take on them as well. In the time that they've been – in the, in the recent time that they've been in the SEC, they've had some playmaking tight ends. I don't know much about them at that position this year. I, I haven't heard much, which is a little bit telling, but mm-hmm. they definitely have some some you know playmaking ability for sure outside. You know, early in the season, if you watched them, it was it was fantastic and funny to watch just all the ways that they would get burdened the ball uh, before they kind of stopped doing that for a few weeks for whatever reason. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with your assessment. It'll be how accurate is Cook. Can those guys continue to get open? Can they do anything? Probably, I would say, even against Tennessee, they're, they're you know, in, in the shape that we're in, just st- still filling up spots and bodies. They're probably still overmatched physically. And, mm-hmm. man, probably every position going against our defense even. Yeah. So, Georgia, the, the Tennessee-Georgia game, I think the – what's the word not the stat but the the thing that was so indicative in that game was we weren't really able to get to Stetson uh and the times that we did get there we were never able to finish yeah which is part of the reason they were able to throw for the amount of yards that they did able to beat us deep uh when they did which if to my recollection they're the only ones who've really beat us over the top yeah, they. I mean, even as as many yards as Tennessee's given up, it's not been the way that Georgia did it, which was you know with the time that I was able to watch the game, the wheel route, uh, McConkey absolutely just putting a move on Slaughter, and then another time to Arian. Is it Arian Smith? Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think so. That what what I'm getting at it, it begs the question: Can Mizzou buy time from the offensive line? In the past game, can they create the running lanes uh, to be able to get some production there? And my answer is just a flat-out no. The Missouri offense versus the Tennessee defense doesn't scare me. The other side of the ball is what makes me a little more nervous. Sure. Uh, I don't love – obviously, I don't love our secondary matched up against these guys. I don't think they're world beaters, but I do think they're good enough to to get the job done. But one yeah. unit alone, obviously, uh, can't beat you. Uh, I think Kentucky proved to us that if you don't have solid offensive line play, we're we're going to beat you. 
we're yeah and we're gonna dominate you we've shown how well throughout the entire season how well we can defend a run defend the run how well we can um uh stay disciplined in gaps and how how well we um uh ha- have our run fits and and, and that sort of thing so <clears throat> I think if Missouri comes out and it's 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 noticeably uh, uh, if, if it's if it's noticeable early that you're one dimensional, I think you're just in a world of trouble. Absolutely, um, especially just with the way and the speed in which Tennessee can score. You know, if 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 the Missouri defense isn't doing what they've done, if they're if they have a bad day, you know, Tennessee can make you hurt if you're settling for field goals, if you're punting, if you're not winning field position. So it, it'll catch up to you against this Tennessee team if you're not scoring mm-hmm. points. Because even if you get stops, you're going to have to turn those into points to compete with Tennessee for four quarters for what we've seen all year. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, if you're Eli Drinkwitz and you know who you are, you're realistic, you know what you're capable of, what is your game plan offensively? Are you trying to match score for score? Are you trying to hold on to it and put drives together? Are you, are you playing keep away? I mean, what what's your what's your thought going into this? I mean, yeah, we and we've seen teams do it both ways. Well, try to do it both ways. We we saw Kentucky just try to, you know, what they want to do, they did not want to get into the the shootout that they got into last year. They said as much all week leading up to the game. Um and then, you know, we, you can just watch Kentucky and know what their strengths are and that it's through that running game, even despite having Will Levis on your team. I think the best way in general for anyone is to try to match scores. Now, it, you know, this Tennessee defense is vulnerable. We, we've talked about it. If you want to try to play slow and conservative and rush your defense early, if you can get points, you can stay with that. But, man, I just – we've not seen teams do that, even – I mean, even Georgia didn't have a great rushing day against Tennessee. I think they fell into the threshold that I said Tennessee would need to hold them into to win. Obviously, Tennessee didn't do that or win. Mm-hmm. But if if you're able to run the ball, which, again, not really anyone's been able to do consistently against Tennessee, then I would play that slow game. That way your defense is at least rested when they're out there against Tennessee's offense. But yeah. because no one's really been able to do that, I'm probably just playing the the shootout game and just hoping that I get – more stops than Tennessee gets at the end of the day if I'm an opposing coach. Well, I'm just telling you, if 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 the thought is match score for score, as a Tennessee fan, I'm I'm feeling pretty dang good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling really good. And and I'm gonna sit here and say 20 and a half is not good enough. Yeah. That, that, that's 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 not a big enough number if if that's the game plan. Uh you mentioned rushing for a second and using just Georgia as example, they 130 yards is what they ran for. Uh, yeah, obviously that's not going to count for any, uh, or that's go- that's going to account some TFLs, and of course I don't think we had many of those. Uh, I think we had a few actually had a few TFLs, but we just barely sacked Bennett, if if at all, if I remember correctly. Okay, well, well, no, no needless to say, McIntosh was 10 for 52, Edwards was 16 for 46. So I come back to this: we still defend the run really really well and amazingly if, well yes for what if, we've got yes and if you're going to be one-dimensional against us and you're going to try to go score for score and you want to make this uh a sprint i don't know how long you can you, you can maintain your cardiovascular health <laughs> yeah well said 
Well said. So, uh, it, do you think there's a team that Missouri has played thus far that compares to us? Uh, obviously, we don't believe in transit. Transit. I can't say this word. Transit. Yes, transitive property, where just because team A beat B, that they should also beat uh, C. Um, as in, you know, Auburn beat, or excuse me, Missouri lost to Georgia by four. Uh, we lost to Georgia by 14. Therefore, Missouri should, you know, it should be a one score. That's just not how this works. Is right. there anybody comparable, though? I mean, three point loss to Vanderbilt. 13-point victory over South Carolina, seven-point loss to Florida. I just don't know that I see anybody comparable here. I don't think so either, and and this is despite Kansas State absolutely spanking this Missouri team. But when Kansas State whipped them, I mean, they Adrian Martinez had 101 passing yards, and it was week two. We know how, you know, everyone views those early season games mm-hmm. – Tennessee's probably second to worst game of the season was week two against Pitt. They just didn't play very clean that day and yeah. still won. But again, they, they got manhandled by Kansas state and they only gave up 101 pass yards for that matter. They only gave up 235 on the ground. It's not like it was three or 400 yards, but I, I don't think there's anybody like Tennessee. And, and we know that this offense is unique, especially the offense, but, and you know, for that matter, the guys in it are unique high it's blazing fast. Hooker's been fantastic for every game he's suited up in orange almost. I mean, there's just not many teams like Tennessee, especially with with talent that play at the speed that Tennessee plays at. Mm-hmm. No, agreed, agreed. So, with that being said, I'm, I'm looking at Missouri's stats against Georgia, which is probably arguably their best performance on the year. Where, I would definitely say so. Where they caught some national attention there and 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 took the defending national championships and lost by four. Uh, in this game, I don't, is his first name Brady? Yeah, Brady Cook. Brady Cook. 20 for 32, 192 yards, and a score. So I want you to hold on to these stats for a second. So keep this in your mind. 20 for 32, right. 100, 192 yards, and a score. Uh, leading rusher was Schrader, six carries, 89 yards, followed by Pete, nine carries, 37 yards. Cook had four for negative 11, and Lovett had two for negative 13. Lovett caught the ball six times, 84 yards, no scores. I want to point out Luther Burden, who had three catches, 16 yards. Cooper, five for 55. Looking at these numbers, uh, if if I'm – if I have this right, and if I'm looking at your eyes just a second ago, you also have this pulled up. You're looking at it. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Is that right there good enough to beat us? I don't think so, man. Georgia was – and it was a night game. Uh, you know, it's not like it was a noon game in Columbia, Missouri. It was It was a night game there. I, I, was, I was on the way home, but I was not driving, so I'm sitting there watching this game, and Georgia was just – it's almost like Georgia has sleptwalked in every game, not Oregon and Tennessee to at least to half the game or a quarter of the game. It's like, they've just been like, ah, we got them. We got them. We're good. But this game was weird, man. They were, I mean, just completely off. Stetson looked horrific. I mean, not good that day until the comeback and and it had to be there. He was not good overall. So I'm going to say no, that that's, that is not good enough to beat Tennessee just unless Tennessee really, is just self-inflicted, you know, turning the ball over, which they still have not done a ton of, even just, you know, one against Georgia, one against Alabama. Um, 
interception that is. Yeah, they've had some fumble issues, but it's it's not as bad as it's been here before. That's not good enough unless Tennessee just beats themselves to me. Which is possible, and sure, this is something that I think I was waiting to to talk about, but I'm, I'll, you, you kind of softball pitched it to me. If we come out and we and we kind of wet the bed, offensively, defensively, we let these guys hang around. We get an ugly seven point win, or even an ugly fourteen or twenty point win. You know, let's say it's we win by twenty, but it just doesn't feel that way. I mean, the, the Tennessee Georgia game, it was a fourteen point loss, but it felt like we lost by fifty five. Right. I it, mean, it, it, it felt like we got absolutely plastered. I think if it feels like that, I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and say, you know what? We're not tier one. We might not even be tier two. We're still kind of just there. We're just having a really good season and, and things have gone our way. We're not in that elite status yet. However, if we come out and we do something like we did to a Kentucky, you know, 44 yeah. six and we just handle it and when we're eager and we're hungry I'm gonna go okay there there is a new mentality there is a new culture in Knoxville and we might not be tier one yet we might not be with the Georgias and the Bamas and the Ohio states and, and those guys but we're getting there right oh, absolutely that would be it it'd be impressive because I mean when, when, when you just talk about doing what you're supposed to do, handling business, if you want to use that cliche, that's just not something – and that's part of it, but that's, that's part of Tennessee's struggles over the years. But Tennessee hasn't done that in a really long time. I mean, even in 2016, the last decent season, if you will, you lost the chance to the East, then you lose the chance for the Sugar Bowl, and then you're playing in freaking Nashville in the Music City by season's end. I mean, I, you know – if you want to look at Tennessee historically over the last 10 to 15, as much as the playoff is on the table, a very lame duck bowl could also be on the table. If you come out that way, if you don't, you know, flip the switch, turn, you know, turn the page on that Georgia loss, which mm-hmm. is frankly, it's easier to do this year than in 2016 because you, you didn't win your sec West game against Texas A&M that year. Like you did this year against a pretty, apparently pretty good LSU team that, partly gave you that but you mm-hmm. you didn't allow them to be a factor in it as the game progressed so you're, you're you've done things that that haven't been there over the last 10 to 15 obviously the playoff is like i said it's more on the table now than it was in 2016 even or in any of those other years so there's more to play for but if again if you don't turn the page get past that georgia loss then very bad bowl games are also on the table as as much as the playoff could be potentially yeah and i think everything that you just said recalling 15 and 16 is probably why I feel the way that I do because the last time we were in this situation in a really good situation 2016 where coming off of that Alabama loss the sugar the sugar bowl was still very much within grasp we just came out and we wet the bed we just yep it, it almost like we didn't want it so I think one there's there's gonna be two things that I'm I'm really curious uh, or excuse me, one thing that I'm really watching for, another thing that I'm going to be waiting to celebrate. The thing that I'm going to be watching for the most is body language. How physical are we? How aggressive are we? Are we, are, are we hungry? How, how is Hendon? You know, what's his state of mind? How accurate with the ball is he? Is he rattled? Um, are we going to allow Georgia to beat us twice? Yes, absolutely. As we flip to the Tennessee side of the ball, the thing that I'm going to be waiting to celebrate is Jalen Hyatt. He is 
30 yards away from a thousand. I mean, he can, he can, obviously he can get this on one play, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Obviously can get it in one play. But anyway, um, continuing with the conversation on Missouri, it's this side of the ball that worries me a little bit more than the other side, which is crazy because it's, it's been our strength all season, right? It's, it's what's, put us in this eight and eight and one situation my concern is that Missouri has taken strides defensively uh are they going to come out and nano blitz us the way that they were doing against Georgia are they going to look at their record and say you know what we're two and three or two and four whatever we are we have absolutely nothing to lose <laughs> you on the other hand you have everything to lose you're staring at the playoffs it's your senior day we're gonna come mess that up are they gonna come out and play with their hair on fire if i'm eli drinkwitz that's what i'm doing i'm saying send five and six every time every time absolutely i don't care if it's first and ten i don't care if it's first and five i don't care if it's third and 49 come, <laughs> come after them right yeah go get them i mean what's your thoughts on that Oh no, absolutely. And and listen, I wanted I wanted Tennessee to at least try more of that at times against Georgia. And, you know, hopefully we'll get our second shot at them, do these things that we got to do and get our second shot at them, be able to try more pressures and things because, you know, the way that the way that their pass game beat us was kind of slower developing plays, like a wheel route, like a double move from McConkey. It wasn't just them spitting the ball out. And you even had Stetson Bennett a little, not a ton, but a little bit inaccurate on his intermediate throws again Saturday. I mean, he tried to throw Jeremy Banks the ball there on, on the first drive before the, the fumble occurred, but um, absolutely. If I'm Missouri, I'm doing that. I don't, I haven't been able to watch a ton of them after that Georgia game. So I don't know if they've tried that against additional opponents, Yeah, but I absolutely am trying it in this game because, you know, Georgia pressured the the mess out of Tennessee, the numbers and the, the statistics, I can't remember them offhand, but they backed that up. Georgia blitzed more than they do on average. Tennessee was blitzed more than they ever have been on dropback passes on average. So I'm I'm absolutely doing that. Has Tennessee rectified any of those things? How how hard have and, and long have they looked at that film of of Georgia getting to their quarterback time after time? I mean, yeah, there was six sacks, but he was hit all day. So I'm absolutely trying to continue that if I'm Missouri. I don't know why you wouldn't with the things that you mentioned about not having a ton to lose and Tennessee having everything to lose. I'm absolutely trying that. And for goodness sakes, I hope that there are, you know, some checks and communications built in in case that's the approach. Um, I do hope there's a dedication to the run game because it is vital. Tennessee loves to run the ball. And, you know, I don't know if it was just being a little timid to try to do that time after time on Saturday or what the case was, but I, I sure would have loved to have seen just more rushing, pure rushing attempts from the running backs, although I understand Jabari Small being dinged up there was probably a factor in that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Jabari Small, it does sound like he's going to play, right? It sounds like he's, it he's good to go for this, which is yeah, interesting because it seems like he took quite the shot on that shoulder. Yeah. And and I think it's, I, I you know, I can't remember now which shoulders is good, sh proverbial good shoulder or bad shoulder, but I mean, he got absolutely rocked. Uh, he, he lowered the boom a little bit too, but that was part of it. Mm -hmm. um so it's it's because he, he he also took a shot in the Akron game I want to say it was early on oh, yeah true you know and I was worried at that point as well but he also there again came out the next week and and played so can he do that again it'll be interesting to watch his usage um mm -hmm. you know I don't I don't know but also 
I think you got to continue to trust Jalen Wright because, again, I've, I've said it here, and I think he'll be fantastic in orange. I think he's already shown flashes of that, but I think over time he'll be fantastic. So mm-hmm. stick to the run game, find different ways to do it. And, again, I hope there's some com- communications built into, you know, passing plays if, if they decide to bring that aggressive, you know, highly aggressive approach from their yeah. defense. Yeah. Is there anything offensively? through our perspective that you do want to see or don't want to see? You know, um, I, I don't – I wanted to touch on this a minute ago when we were talking about, as a team, what what we've got left to play for. But the, the fact of the matter is, and I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think Hendon Hooker cares about the Heisman Trophy that much. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he – I mean, it's, it's not like C.J. Stroud passed for mm-hmm. 400 yards on Saturday when – when Hendon Hooker threw for not even 200 yards, you know, there's still a tight race ongoing in this uh, Heisman Trophy run per everything that I've seen. I mean, the Heisman, <laughs> they're, they're not talking about Drake May and guys that they probably should be talking to, talking about. They're just now starting to mention Bo Nix. So he's still in that race. Go out and have yourself a big day because, again, if you do that, Tennessee's going to be in position. They're going to win these games if you have games good enough to continue your Heisman pursuit. So go out and man, start trying to solidify that trophy because you're right there statistically with those guys. Mm -hmm. You're right there in the thick of the conversation still. I've not heard anyone say that, oh, he's out of the race or this or that. You know, I've talked about it. feels like they want to give it to CJ Stroud because Bryce Young outperformed him last year. It feels like that's what they want to do, but go make it really, really hard on them to do that. I mean, CJ Stroud's performance will obviously impact that, but Man, keep yourself in that talk in that race because he can win us games. The, the fact is, Hendon Hooker, he's good enough and he's played well enough to win us games. If he makes those throws, the, just the throws that are there in this offense, that, as open as the staff gets receivers, he can absolutely continue his, his campaign as March to New York City. Mm-hmm. Although, again, I don't, I don't think it means that much to him. Individual is just not the same to him as team success, just the guy that he is, it seems yeah. like. Agreed, agreed. Uh, I think something that I would like to see offensively is us kind of get down in the depth chart in the running back stable. Uh, I would love to be able to limit uh, Jabari Small's carries with that damaged shoulder. And just and and obviously, yeah, uh, you guys have to understand that this comes from me just not knowing, you know, how healthy he is, you know, percentage wise. How how good is he to go? He's obviously going to play. I mean, Hypel has come out and said this already. He's, he's going to play. But if we can get down into the Dylan Sampson, you know, part of the, of the depth chart, it, even obviously even better if we can get down to the Justin Williams Thomas part of the of the depth chart. I think things are going to be. I think that's going to be very telling. One, I hate for one, we feel like we're in control of this. Two, if we win out, right? If we beat Missouri, if we beat South Carolina, if we beat Vanderbilt in England West. <laughs> never gonna not be able to say this by the way it is my like if, if we checker uh checker checker Vanderbilt stadium my gosh i will never let them live this down oh no uh, but i actually don't know any vanderbilt fans so i don't have True. a reason to um if we do that and we're staring at the playoffs if we're in if we if, if we have our foot in if, if they announce us hey tennessee you're you're in i want a healthy as can possibly be Jabari Small, because for we sure, are sure. in this last set, uh, stretch of the season uh, where we should be able to allow for a Dylan Sampson to be to get a handful of carries and and, and us be okay. 
But yes. I'll tell you what, bro, at the same time, it's that that ultimately cost us against South Carolina. If you will remember in 2016, <laughs> if you will remember, we had gotten down into the stable against South Carolina. Carlin Filzame. Don't know what the play was. I don't know what his assignment was, but he was uh, the one responsible for bumping into Dobbs on some kind of pass pro situation or whatever it was and ultimately causing a fumble that South Carolina was able to pick up and score off of. Anyway, without reliving a nightmare, yeah, uh, without uh, trying to look back and say, oh, gosh, what could have been, right? Because yeah. that's my worst-case scenario for 2022. Yeah, if we, if we can get Dylan Sampson, you know, into that 10, 15 carry range, if, if, if we're rotating him with um, – <clears throat> I about said Jabari Wright, with Jalen Wright, then, man, I'm feeling good, you know. I, th- I yeah. think that I think that's a very telling stat, and that's something that I would really just love to see. Absolutely, and credit to Missouri. Mm-hmm. I believe I, I looked at it a moment ago, and I've already forgot. I believe that whipping to Kansas State forty to twelve is the most points they've allowed all year. Tennessee is absolutely capable of pushing that. I think because mm-hmm. you know teams like LSU, Kentucky, they don't have bad defenses. Florida, even you know they're not mm-hmm. just out there getting killed week over week. You know they're not playing in shootouts, but Tennessee took them into that territory in those games. So I'd love to see Tennessee do that to Missouri. That would be really telling to me, like you were talking about with Mm -hmm. where the team's at, what they prove to us that you're playing for the playoff, that, that you're not, you know, devaluing it or anything. And, and the only reason understand as well, folks, the only reason we say that is because it's so unusual. It's been out of the norm for coaches and players to embrace things like Tennessee's current players and coaches have done talking about, let's go to Atlanta you know, talking about and understanding what's on the table, owning up. Yeah, Georgia just – they just beat us. We all could have done things better, things like that. You know, there's a lot of ownership that you hear if you just read the comments or if you listen to the press conferences, there's a lot of ownership. It's refreshing. It, it won't get old to me anytime soon. Uh, that's the reason we're talking about these things, though, is is will Tennessee come out and play like there's still a chance at the three or four spot in the college football mm-hmm. playoff on the line? Mm-hmm. Because there yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a stat out there. Uh, I was just fi- I was finally able to find it, pulling it up here while you're you were um, um, giving that little segment there. <clears throat> there are three teams in the conference who are averaging less than four yards a carry. You're gonna love this first one. Worst in the conference, sitting at three yards per carry, Kentucky. Wow. That is mind-blowing, man. But it it does check out because when Rodriguez has those good overall rush yard games, it's off of like 40 carries. So it makes (laughs) sense. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Second at three and a half yards per carry, Mississippi State. That checks. That checks out as well. Yep. It sure does based on their offense. Here it is. Missouri sitting at 3.8 yards per carry. One of three teams – um, in the conference, under four yards per carry. Now, you, it's very interesting, and, it, and it, it begs a whole other conversation on who actually leads the conference because that is going to be Florida, right? Florida okay. and and Alabama. That is surprising as well. Uh, Ole Miss sitting there at third at 5.6. Georgia sitting at 5.4. Uh, Tennessee sitting at 4.3. I think 
it's as simple as this. If we can have another game where we hold to an, hold an opponent where after it's done, we're still holding on to an average underneath 100 yards per game, right? Yeah. Uh, if they continue to stay around that three-and-a-half, 3.8 mark throughout this game on Saturday, I don't know the, how this is close. I agree completely, yeah. There's a, completely there's a, agree. There's a guy, um, don't know if you've listened to it, uh, he came on with Eric Kane, Locked on Balls. He's part of that Locked on Missouri community. He is predicting, this, and this, here's how we're going to end the show, he's predicting a 28-14 Missouri loss. 28-14. Okay. I have a couple problems with that. I think if you hold us to 28, I think you probably score more. I agree. Yeah. I, I think if you I, I think you would too. I think if you hold us to 28, we're probably looking and it's a Tennessee victory, you're probably looking at a 28-24. Yeah. 28-26 type win. 28-27, something ugly. Yeah. I don't think that's kind of how this unfolds. I'm going to go much higher on the Tennessee side. I'm going to say something around 38 to 41. All right. Uh, so I will go 38, Tennessee, Missouri, 14. That's, you know, not to copy off your homework, but that's kind of what I'm feeling too. I, I just understand that Missouri, like I said, has not really allowed many opponents over that 40-point threshold. But for Tennessee to get held down two weeks in a row, after what we've seen this year, I just can't see right now. Um, I'm, you know, I'm doing better personally in my personal battle of betting against these balls of, of combating the nega ball and the battered ball syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I see Tennessee, I think about the Kentucky game, Can, Tennessee's offense left points out on the field that night. I mean, it was not at all like an A plus night. Yeah. They did good things. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. I mean, there were some clunk clunking moments, settling for field goals, things like that. And they still managed 44 points. I mean, just that was a really, really strong win to me. Um, and I mean, that's kind of where I feel like this will be. I'm going to go, I'll go up just a little bit ahead of yours. I'll say 45. I'll even go as far as to say 45, 24. That's the way I feel this unfolds. That 24 is me just not quite knowing what this Tennessee defense is just yet and hoping there's you know, plenty of stops to come in this game, but also that they may give up their fair share of points here as well, just because of how they played at other times. Hey, that's fair. S some some stats here I just want to throw out very quickly before we shut this thing off. Missouri is also uh, next to last in the conference in passing yards per game. The only team worse than them, Auburn. Oh, God, that's brutal, man. Listen to this. Auburn is sitting at 201.4 yards per game passing. Yeah, right? Where, where did the two <laughs> – where did they even get 200? Missouri, 203. 203. That's it. Listen, Oof. you're going to have to be much better balanced offensively than that in order to pull off this win uh, on Saturday because we lead the conference in yards per game at 335. Wow. So uh, let me see if I can't find this other stat real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're – here's an interesting stat. I don't know if this is very telling or not, but Tennessee and Missouri are actually tied for – I believe this is sacks allowed. Uh, and that's going to be at 19. So – Okay. That could be interesting. Kentucky at the worst with 36. 
Georgia, Georgia and Ole Miss at the best with just seven seven sacks allowed. So some interesting numbers there. I don't know what that uh, what that might mean for Missouri offensively, uh, but I think if if it if it comes down to if if that's the best production that you can come up with, if if you can, if we can keep Hendon upright. If we can run, it, basically, if we can kind of do the things that we've did all done all year outside of Georgia, it might it might be worse than thirty eight fourteen. I mean, oh, honestly, absolutely. I think a lot. I think this game mostly is just going to be mental for us. How do we bounce back after being handled by Georgia? Yeah, right. and right. and like I like I think I said they're they're saying all the right things off of it, man. A lot of ownership, a lot of yeah, we're fueled coming off a loss. You know, we we've made mistakes we got to correct just a lot of the right things are being said mm -hmm. and you know i don't know if it's funny because uh, like the social media team at tennessee which is just undefeated they're they obviously pay attention to what other teams say and do so mm -hmm. i hope that that the team plays remembering those goofy goofy uh eli drinkwitz remarks about vacating wins and crap like that with jim rome in the offseason please play for that if not the playoff <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, I I, I found uh, another uh, uh, little stat line real quick that I uh, that I want to throw out. Um, Missouri is at thirty eight percent on third down on the year, one hundred twenty nine attempts, forty nine uh, successful attempts. Um, the leader in that pack is Georgia at fifty two percent. We're not far behind with forty six percent. I. I, I I just think if, if Missouri is going to be put in some third down situations, even though we have a hard time getting off the field and critical downs, I just don't know that that's something that they can sustain. Yeah, so, I completely agree. So anyway, well, all that said, uh, you and I both have the balls nine and one on Saturday going into um, Columbia freaking South Carolina the following <laughs> week. So uh, here's to hoping that we can keep the emotions settled with it being senior day, send these guys out for their last home game in Neyland. With that said, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for letting us tickle those ears. Make sure you like, subscribe, like this video, subscribe. Make sure you're doing all the things. We love you guys. Have a fantastic day. God bless and go balls. See y'all later.